episode six of sullying the lad this week we have a very special guest on nathan Rob of pointless plants he'll be discussing business startups the big picture flying by the seat of his pants the environment and much more we hope you enjoy it thanks for listening so welcome to episode six of sullying the lad this week featuring a special star guest nathan Rob of pointless plants how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I feel very honoured. <laughs> Our whole very, five listeners. Very privileged. Are, uh, been anticipating this one. That's including me and you. Yeah. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Well, I wouldn't expect much, but I'll give what I've got, and then you've got loads to tap into. I've only heard good things about you. Chris has been proper bigging you up. So, yeah, don't let me down, Nath. It's me and Chris have about half an hour every month, so um, yeah, we'll see what we'll do this hour session, shall we? Sure, so we go. So no pressure. Let's get into it. So I only have been recently introduced to you, so for people that are listening, do you want to tell us a little bit about your business and how you came to start it? Yeah, so I've got a business, and it's funny because Chris has actually seen the whole journey of this. So basically, I used to be a pilot at uh, EasyJet, and I just... I was on like a zero hour contract living in Edinburgh at the time. And I just didn't like the way people, the company was sort of treating me. So I always had in my mind, I want to create a company that treats people nice, but I never knew what I wanted to do. And probably Chris has seen my journey, you know, one week I'll be selling burger holders, these cardboard cutout things from the Netherlands. <laughs> and the other week I'll be doing something else. And Chris would just hear all these ideas, right. When I'm getting my hair cut and, um, I don't know, you probably just thought this guy's a weirdo. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so I set up this business called um, Pointless Plants. And I called it Pointless Plants because I used to grow these mango trees in our little one-bedroom flat in Crawley. And it got to the point where I was thinking, how am I going to grow 200 mango trees? I can call them Maggie and stuff like that. And my missus said, why would you want to do that? That's pointless. And I said, Pointless Plants, that's the name. And then since then, I've created, we've created this whole brand around about not being pointless and being good for the environment and trying to do our best for people, the planet. That's our kind of real purpose for, for the brand. So that's kind of how it started. And then when would it have been? Last year, COVID hit and I went to um, British Airways. So I'd only been there for a year and I got made redundant in August. So it was really kind of in the deep end there's no choice but the business has to work so here we are that's really cool I think that's a really really good bit of advice um that I've heard several people talk about is have a plan a and then you're you don't have any other plan you just have to jump in and make it work there's no yeah. alternative do you feel like that pressure did that pressure help push you into it well yeah and I, I, like this is it was it's been so tough like you know 
Chris knows this, you yourself knows this, having a business, but having to pay yourself is completely two different things, you know, and how do you get it to be this sort of hobby that you had while being a pilot to actually being a business that's paying you, you know, I'd have done it for free before. I think I kitted Chris's barbers out with all plants and I gave him cost price. I was like, mate, I just like doing it. Just, you know, have these plants, but then you have to start making a living. So I think that was the real change to see it as a business, Mm. but to have the faith that it will work and sort of pay me and just hope it got busier kind of thing. But when you don't have a choice, then, yeah, you have to do it, don't you? Otherwise, what happens? Now, now, Nath, that um, obviously got made redundant and stuff, do you think that's the best thing that's happened to your business? The fact that you then had to give it 100% of your attention and, and time? Like, do you think it's flourished much more since that point? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, you know what? I've always sort of secretly kind of wished that I'd have had the chance, but I would have never had the balls to quit the flying job. So well paid. It cost me so much money to get into my family. You know, I'm in debt to them. Um, so I would have never quit, but this was kind of out of my hands. And yeah, in the space of the, a year, it's just gone from what it is, you know, to what it is now. So just, um, just talk us through that a little bit. Nate. So I remember when, um, yeah, like when you first started and, you know, it was a new project yeah. and stuff and you you were kind of just starting out and compared to now, how long has it been? About a year, a bit more than that? Uh, so it's been, it'll be two years actually. Two years. In two years. But the first year was basically just nothing, you know. My yeah. mum was packing plants in her house, um, wasn't really taking it seriously. You know, this time last year... I got an email from DPD saying they're no longer shipping with us because we're not shipping enough items. And our minimum was like 50 a month. Yeah. Yesterday, we had three DPD vans full up taking our plants. Wow. Yeah. Which is just crazy what's changed in the space of a year. But when, it, when you have to do it, you do it, right? And, and now, mate, compared to what your day used to be like at the beginning, compared to what your day is now, what, what's your like routine now with a business? Like, So you get up and then, you know... Talk us through what you do at Pointless Plants until the end of the day kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So I haven't really quite got this right yet because I need to... This is I probably should speak to Chris how to grow a team because from about... For probably the last 10 days, I've just been in the warehouse just packing like... What, what was it yesterday, Thursday? Wednesday, I got there at 8 in the morning, started packing boxes... Um, Sean and Jane came who were the other half of the business and then my missus came um, and we were there until midnight so yeah (laughs) so it's not very balanced but we're going to try and get a packer because I think it's needed now these steps are just naturally progressing Uh, luckily I've got now doing sort of customer service plant doctory stuff a bit of Instagram messaging I still schedule the posts um, on Instagram but yeah the team will be slowly growing so at the moment, at the moment, is it solely just um, yourself and kind of like, yeah, one other and a couple of people to help out kind of thing in terms of your team? Yeah, yeah it's myself and then I own 50% of the business. The other half of the business is um, someone called Jane, who's also in the airline industry. She got made redundant and her husband has a successful business. So they got brought into the business because they have money to invest and a bit of expertise. Um and then our partners, basically, as well as one other person who's our plant doctor. And then we have, you know, a company to do a bit of PR, SEO for the website. So very small team. 
Yeah. So do you feel you're getting to that stage in your, your point of growth now where you need people to take responsibility away from you a little bit so you can concentrate on other parts of the business? Yeah, because, you know, nothing gets... I'm, I'm mainly doing the social media, the website. For example, our Valentine's Day, we're not really pushing it because I just haven't had the chance until this weekend to actually put the stuff up, push it a little bit. So then you start to fall... You know, other things take priority to priorities to get the orders out, but you need to then take just like you, you you're at work at the barbers, weren't you? Yeah. Um, and then you you um you do do you do three days a week? I do four, but then since pandemic hit, I went back to five. But um, yeah, that balance is is hard to get. I was kind of getting on top of it. I, I feel um I was at a stage where I just worked in the business and wasn't working on the business enough and the team was getting to a size where I needed to start stepping back to make it push on to, to that next level. You know, we still need to get another shop. We really, really want to work on the academy um, and get that set up. And um, there's only so much time in a day. Like you just have to let go of responsibility a little bit. And when you're working there, it feels like you're working so many hours that you haven't got anything else to do. And it almost feels like you're just in this fog and you're yeah. fighting the fire, doesn't it? And then mm. that's when you need to like, it's quite counterintuitive to actually just take the step back and then get other people in. Yeah. And also and also letting go, because it's your baby, right? You you've you've grown it, you've created it. And then it's like, right, I I kind of need to give someone else that responsibility and be okay about it. Um yeah. but getting those right people is is hard. And uh, yeah, growing the team. I think you're only ever going to learn from employment, um, from not making mistakes, but just being very um, on top of what you want um, from that person and holding out for them. Because I've let people in the business before and they haven't been the right people. They're nice people. I have no bad things to say about anyone that's worked for us. But you can just tell they weren't the right fit. And so you waste time and money and can damage your brand a little bit. And then um, you're better off just hanging on. Do you give them a chance or do you kind of get a gut when someone comes in that they're not right? Um, to be honest, like part of what I really enjoy is, is trying to not correct things, but grow people. And if I can see some potential, I'll exhaust the situation. And by that, I mean, I will try everything within my power to help them and to to make it work for them and us. And then if it doesn't, then we we probably need to have a chat. But I, I don't ever want to give up on people. Um, I want to give people an opportunity. But definitely, I think through the interview process and stuff, probably need to be a little bit stricter and have criteria that they have to meet um, that fits your brand. It's difficult because you also need staff and but you want someone that like you have such a strong message, Nate, don't you? With um, you know helping the planet, and you want someone that believes the same things as you. Yeah, and the you know just has the same energy and passion, really, um, and it's hard to come by. I think Nathan in the business Nathan's in, surely he'd be uniquely qualified to help people grow. <laughs> <laughs> what would be what would be your what what are you what would be your top tips for people that are thinking about starting a business, Nathan? Um, did you have like a? Because we spoke about me and Chris have spoke before about business plans and 
long-term goals and short-term goals? Have you kind of mapped all that out? Did you have the idea of, I'm going to start this business, then I'm going to have a team of three people, then a team of 10 people. And do you have a timeline for all that? No, see, like, so this is, I'm going to, it's, I guess it's my strength or I guess it's my weakness. I kind of see the vision, mm-hmm. the big picture of what I, you know, I'm literally like thinking I want the world, I want the whole plant industry, which is worth like 30 billion pounds to not use plastic, to not use peat soil. And then the bit in between is the bit where I'm like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I just have the big picture, which is quite hard. I'm really not a planner or an organizer. I really struggle with that. And I've learned having the business is definitely my downfall. So what I do is I just try and take a step every day and just hope that I'll get to the end at some point. That's good. So you're like the Steve Jobs of your business. You're the visionary guy saying, make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I compare myself to one of them, but... <laughs> we'll see if it works in 10 years time and maybe people will be calling me just like Steve Jobs or some people will be saying loser <laughs> you might have a film made about you one day you never know so, well if I can change the plant industry then maybe it'll be worthy of a film but yeah I don't really I don't really have a business plan you know the best I the best I do is just work out the cost of our products and how much profit we'll make that's the only plan I have but so what's um chris was telling me that you've got some quite high profile clients now can you tell us about that um yeah so one of our sort of a strategy that's just happened is kind of influence and marketing on instagram chris has seen this every time i go into the barbers i'm like oh chris guess how many followers we-? anyway we're at about one hundred twenty thousand followers wow, wow and this has really only started to work within the last year a friend of mine who's a pilot of BA, he's a guy called Adam Kelly. Hope he doesn't mind if I say his name. Um, I flew with him and I was like, oh, you know, we're just talking. What did your missus do? Blah, blah. So I'm a missus and influencer. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. She's called the London Payday Girl. And I was like, oh, wicked. Anyway, got made redundant, messaged him and said, oh, do you remember? I remember talking to you about your missus being an influencer. So I sent them plants, she posted, and then it just kept going on. And then We've given loads of made in Chelsea people plants, The Only Way is Essex, done people like Mylene Class. Um, who else? We were featured in, um, what was it, Hello Magazine, Binky Felstead, Jamie Lang. Just giving plants loads and loads and loads of people. Um, and that's kind of really helped us build our following and just respect really that's awesome so what would be so would you advise businesses have you have you given those products away so would you advise businesses to promote themselves through that way yeah so it's it's such a strange thing because when we do this people message us like oh you should be giving the nhs free plants not these influencers who can afford it and that's right we have given nhs a few free plants um one of the hospitals but it's just an exchange of energy, right? These guys, influencers work harder than anyone. If you want to see anyone working hard on Instagram, look at an influencer. They're working harder than absolutely anyone. So I don't know why people don't respect it. Maybe it's this whole image of, oh, they've just been on Love Island, got 2 million followers. But they work so, so hard, the content they post. You know what it's like, guys, when you can't be bothered to post content. And then you go on your Instagram, like you look at an influencer and they've got like, tons of stories every day like that is hard work so they deserve their platform they deserve their audience so if we if they want plants we give them 
the plants for free. They post it. It's helping us. It pays for itself. They're getting, you know, that's the exchange. Instead of giving them money, we're giving them plants because that's what they want. And that's, I think that's almost like what a new currency is, you know. You find somebody else who's got something you want and you give them what they want. It's just an exchange. It's not like a, a money. It's just an exchange of whatever you need. I think that's quite a nice marketplace no yeah it's it's a nice nice thing to do but you don't actually have to use money like it's yeah you help me and i help you like it's you know it's the way the world should be really um your your instagram obviously has been huge for um the development of the business and stuff um yeah how when was that point where it really started taking off on instagram how early into your two years would you say you start to see like you know huge leaps in um growth and followers i think i got asked this question last week actually and i i've really thought about it i think when we reached the first thousand followers so up in so basically it took us four months to reach a thousand followers um and what i remember chris helped me out because he said i'll oh, get this app called captivate and he used to follow people unfollow people automatically didn't it? do you remember that chris? yeah yeah and it used to work brilliant now nothing works like that does no. it it's just all hard work so he said, use that. I copied hashtags from what other people are using, posted three times a day, and then it took us a month to get 1,000 followers. Once we got 1,000 followers, we did a giveaway. You know, congratulations, we've reached 1,000, we've given away whatever. Then from that giveaway, we went up to basically 2,000 followers, right? Then we got to two, and I said, let's do another giveaway. Got to three, and this worked up to about 50,000 followers, like wow. pretty quickly within you know maybe six months yeah and i remember we'd have like a following of fifty thousand people but we'd be getting hardly any orders because they're just sort of potential customers just watching our content and waiting yeah. for the right to convert um and then at one stage it got a little bit tricky last year sometime we weren't really growing the followers was going down and then ever since then, I just kept posting consistency, looking at new things like Reels, IGTV, all sorts of different content, changed the hashtags, looked into them a little bit more with a program that looks into the insights of hashtags and what you can rank for. Um, and then it just kept growing again. And now we're growing about, I think it's 10% a week. So if we've got 120, we've probably grown over... 15 we're probably going 1500 followers a week pretty consistently now i think the thing that's crazy is that we you know i didn't spend anything on ads last month which is mental whereas normally a lot of people spend a lot of money on ads yeah we touched on that we touched on ads yesterday actually and whether they're um, a, a good thing or a bad thing and i kind of found at the beginning of my business when I first yeah. started, especially in um, Horsham, where we were based, um, it was really successful because no one was really doing it. So unless you ranked high um, when you typed in barbers in Horsham, um, you weren't really um, getting much traffic. And everyone's websites was pretty were pretty rubbish. I was an update now, actually. But um, because our website was pretty clean looking and we were a new shop, like, ads really worked well at the early stages just to get us a bit of traffic and, and help grow our business and our clientele. But I think as you get bigger, I don't, uh, you just have to spend so much on ads and I'm not sure if the return is, um, you know, worth it 
Sometimes it depends what ads you use. Most mostly I use Google. I imagine that you use Instagram quite a lot because that's where you have a lot of following. Yeah. Have you looked at the analytics and stuff? Like, have you had successes? Yeah, so we we probably haven't given it enough time, but um, it's one of these things where we're quite busy anyway and we really need to expand, you know, to try and keep up with demand. So, and you know what? I'm 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 so in two minds is probably why I'm stuttering because I don't know whether it's when do you become a company where it's quite cool you don't advertise yeah like you know what I mean like if everyone's advertising fighting for your attention do you fight with them or do you take a step back and go look like when have you ever seen Patagonia advertise do you see them pop up on Instagram so then I kind of think maybe we should go down this route of being this brand that's quite, you know, would rather spend the money on investing in the planet, doing the right thing. But then the other part of me goes, if it's a clear formula, you spend this much, you're getting this much back, it's you're in profit, then it's a no-brainer. But at the moment, it's going really well. It's working. We don't need ads at the moment because of our own organic traffic. But one day, I'm sure we will. I think it sounds sounds nicer to me if you if you keep it more exclusive and a bit more elusive, it gives a bit more of an allure, allure to it. I think. Yeah, I quite like that. But then, when you read, have you guys listened to Grant Cardone? Yeah, I have. I have him um, bits. I really like his book Ten X because it's just literally it just motivates me. It's just like just keep going, keep going. You know, putting ten times the effort. Blah blah. And he's like, what's money doing in the bank? You know, spend it. You want to be everywhere. Your biggest problem is, you know, not being known at the start. And then you're thinking, oh, my God, it's criminal. I'm not spending money on ads, you know. Yeah. But I think we're trying to find our niche, which you've talked about quite a lot, Chris. Yeah, niche is important. Like, I think there's a at the moment, people really want plants. They They just do. We do... We're at that stage where I think everyone's aware, everyone's waking up a little bit and, and having this time off of work and stuff and going for walks and things, people are a bit more respectful of the planet. Um, and, yeah, anything that is nature-based and can help people, people are really aware of now. But, um, yeah, having that niche and just, like, concentrating on that and developing that to the point where you're, you're at the top of that niche um, is much more like beneficial than trying to appeal to everyone it just it's impossible isn't it to appeal to everyone yeah dom is that kind of what you do with your business or or how how do you look at it that's kind of what i've been doing recently and trying to do because obviously personal training when you first qualify everyone you're just trying to serve everybody and be Mm. be everywhere and i realized it's so so competitive and especially mm, yeah. now, everybody's transitioning from one-to-one coaching to online coaching. I'd already planned to do my business as pro- predominantly online anyway. Uh, yeah. But we, me and Chris have been speaking about it. It wasn't until I thought about my I, my dream client. I visualized them, what they want and what they would like and how I like to work with them. And that's why I've gone down my, I help over 30s, get functional strength without the gym. I'm such a big fan of body weight stuff. And that's where I'm going now. I think a lot of people are anyway, but I'd be doing that regardless if the gyms were open or not. Um, I guess you only need like a hundred or a thousand really good customers to give you an income, right? Yeah. Well, I've, I believe it or not, I've, I've mapped mine out. I can 
pull in a really a, what I'd be happy with income on 15 customers, 15 clients. That's all I need. If they if they go into the packages that I've got set up, that's all I need, which isn't a big return. And I'm nearly there. I'm about halfway there now. So oh wow, just gonna that's a big going. step. I mean, that's 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 to just be my base level, and then I want to grow it from there. I mean, I'd love I'd love to be one of those like you that one of these people that can sell a package to numerous people where people still are happy with the product and get results out of it. Mm. Yeah. I, I think you've hit, because you've come into it, Dom, at like the time where lockdowns have come in and because the way you want to set up your business, it can really, really fly. Like lockdown can benefit businesses, not mine, <laughs> but it can, um, <laughs> it can really benefit um, a lot of, lot of businesses um, grow quicker. I think, because I, I can see, I can see you mate, like, in a year or so in franchising this business out with the way you've set up your packages and your branding and stuff like you could have other people do the same thing for you in different countries do you know what i mean yeah um and it it, it could yeah you could thrive because of the situation we find ourselves in that would be really cool that's what i'd love to do ultimately i mean have you found your business has evolved, Nathan, in terms of you just setting out? Have you got like a, would you like to do that? Have international international pointless plants and have warehouses in Europe and America and beyond? Is that something you could see yourself doing? I think it would be really cool. We look at other markets, you know, like the American, the Australian. We have friends like over in Australia, we bought them a plant and there's definitely room for like it being done better. It's quite strange. Some sometimes, you know, Australia and New Zealand are quite ahead of trends, especially with house, health and that kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you, Nathan, just something I'm thinking about. How much of your business is in your control? Are you do you are you actually producing all these plants? It's all in house, everything is in under your umbrella, or are you outsourcing so apart from your deliveries, are you outsourcing any of your processes? Yeah, like it's relying on loads of other people. Um, so it all has to work. So the plants come from like the Netherlands, which is the main kind of pretty much most plants from in Britain come from there unless they're growing them themselves in nursery, but not house plants. Um, so it comes from over there. Luckily, Brexit hasn't been too bad. We get our pots directly from the factory over somewhere in the Eastern world um, and they come in and then they go out on DPD. So Sometimes you're only as good as the delivery company you use, you know, you're relying on the people, just like completely the airline industry, you're always relying on the tug driver, the refueler, the whatever. And if one person's late and the flight's late, you're only as, you're only as fast as your slowest person, right? That's good. How did you, how did you decide who to go with for your suppliers? Did you do loads of research or did you just go online and go, right, these guys? Well, I'm the sort of person that just goes, let's put the website up and see what happens. Then the website's up, you get a sale, and then you go, oh, where do we get the plants from? <laughs> <laughs> so then you go, you know, you go driving around home base, the local garden centres, you try and find the wholesalers, and then it's about a week later, you still haven't got the plants, but you sold it. And, you, and then eventually you find the plants, and then you do a bit, then your next order gets a bit quicker, and then you find the wholesalers, then you find this, then you do that. And then then we go now directly to the Netherlands as demand increases, you know. It's just like we only used to get, we only used to need like maybe six plants, right? Like when we first started, when my mum used to do it, 
we needed six plants, she'd go and pick them up from the wholesalers, take them back to her house and pack them. Then we got to the stage where we're doing like, we needed like a trolley. And then we used to get it from like a wholesalers in Southampton. Now we need like five or six going up to 10 a week. So then we just get two or three at a time directly from the Netherlands. But there's all, you know, it's all about making mistakes. Like I remember the first time we went directly to the Netherlands and we've been getting these trolleys from Southampton and they were big. They had a few shelves on them. You get quite a lot of plants. And I said, to, I said to this bloke who was our buyer, I said, I want two trolleys of calatheas, which is a type of plant. And he goes, are you sure you want two trolleys? Obviously, being a new customer, I said, yeah, yeah, we get four trolleys at the moment from Southampton. Didn't realise the trolleys would double the height oh. and just completely. <laughs> so I got about a 1,000 plants of the same type. Wow. And that was the first time <laughs> I spent over, it was, I think it's about 1,500 quid in the same type of plant. I just thought, how am I going to sell these? Like, so everyone, you know, you got to make you make mistakes that you can plan to a certain degree, but until you do it, you don't realize you don't even know what you're planning until you're doing it. Yeah, right. I think that's really good, a really good insight actually, because I think a lot of people look around at everybody else thinking they got that shit together, but actually, most people are just fucking winging it and making it up as they're going along, which is a good thing, you know. Yeah. You get stuck at the planning, don't you? Like Dom, if you had planned all your packages and how many customers you need. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's at some stage you've got to get up and do it, right? Because you're not just going to get it by not doing it. And a lot of, this is what I see in a lot of people. They don't know what to do, so they do nothing. You've got to do something. You don't know what to do, you do something. It doesn't, even when I didn't know what to do, what business-wise, you know, I went over to the Netherlands and found a cardboard box company that sold burger holders. You know, I did all sorts of silly stuff, but you just learn so much through it. Yeah. And I think people have, have this thing of being judged. Like when I go into the barbers and I tell Chris about this new idea and I've been to Netherlands because I've got burger holders and then I tell him about a new idea the next month, paper straws, and I tell him another idea. Some people probably think he's, you know, I wonder what he's thinking about me. And I was as well, but I know one day I'll find the right thing. And then that was my journey to there. I'm not worried if he's judging me, you know, sort of the ego, what's all that about? I'm just trying to get to where I want to be. Yeah, no, no one wakes up like great, do they? Like the only way to learn is through mistakes. And yeah. that that is, and when you start your own business, you can't be afraid to make mistakes or you won't get going. You've just got to make them. And then you soon learn that actually mistakes are going to teach you much more than anything else um, we're in business. And even if it's a big one and it's financial and it, it, it costs you a lot of money, you learn so much and you'll look back on it and think, well, I, I am where I am today because I did that. But so you've got to be thankful as well, haven't you, for the, you know, your journey and how, how you get there. But you, you like, what the nail on the head there, like, it's all part of our journey. Like, no one wakes up and thinks, right, I've, I've done everything, I've accomplished everything, or I am amazing at this. Like a lot of people that are training with us in the shop are like, I'm never going to do it. And I'm like, well, that isn't the attitude, but you're not going to tomorrow going to be the best, best barber in the country. That's not going to happen. This is part of your journey. You have to learn like from your mistakes and get better. And that's, that's what it's all about. You've got to enjoy it, haven't you? You've got to embrace it. We really have an instant world, an instant gratification, instant success. It just doesn't, it doesn't exist. It looks like, have you seen, you know, the body coach, Joe Wick? Yeah. He's like, this wasn't an overnight success because everyone was calling him that. He said, I turned up at the park with all my equipment. No one turned up. It's so true, isn't it? 
sitting here listening, I just thought it would be pretty boring if you woke up and went, I got this idea and that was the idea that stuck. Because what else are you going to do? You want to keep coming up with ideas and developing and growing and trying new things. That's all part of the the experiment. Sometimes it's so tough. It was like, oh, I just feel like I'm drowning, you know. <laughs> it is tough. I said, are you feeling that at any stage, like quite early into your business, that you're a little bit overwhelmed sometimes? A thousand percent. Yeah. Because mm. I'm, I'm following this. I've signed up for this course that is run by this PT coach called Jay Alderton, and he coaches PTs how to grow their business successfully. Yeah. And I'm looking at going, fuck me. There's so much to do. There's so many avenues. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do all this at one go. So I'm trying to just put it down into bite-sized pieces. And that's what I wanted to ask both of you. I feel like, especially this past week, I feel like my productivity has gone right down because I'm trying to do, I'm trying to juggle all the balls at once, whereas I should just have three things I'm focusing on. So what would be your top tips for things to focus on to really get you moving forward? Chris, do you want to go? Um, I've probably touched. I've probably touched on it before, but I think um, you've got to write shit down and break it down. So if you know something needs to be done in a week, like write it down per day what you're going to do. But just don't overwork yourself um, in that respect, and also don't open too many books. I, I actually did did this quite early on, and I probably still have a habit of it sometimes. But I know that it's not a great thing to do. Is I start too many projects at once. And then if you do that, you can't give the energy it needs to that project to make it successful. So what you end up doing is contributing a little bit to each each, each um, part of the plan. And none of it grows, none of it's successful because you haven't given it all your energy because you're trying to spread it out too much. So we have all these ideas and stuff, and it's really good to write stuff down, but just try and concentrate on one thing at a time. Um, and break that down into smaller pieces, like you said, Dom, that you can concentrate on a daily basis. Because I think that's when we get overwhelmed and feel we've got too much on our plate because we've, we've opened up too many books and we're trying to do it all at once. Um, and I definitely did that early on. I was trying to expand the brand like, and get into every little niche that I could that would, would get us out there. And then after a while, it's like, do you know what? None of this is really working. And it's because I'm just spreading out all my energy across it. And it was also burning me out that way as well. So then I just was like, right, realistically, we need to concentrate on our clients and our, our service and our product and absolutely get that nailed on. And then we'll start exploring other things rather than just try and do merchandise and products and um, Instagram growth and um, employing more people and the academy. I was just trying to do it all at once. It's far too much. So I think that's when we feel most overwhelmed for sure. When you get the core right, it speaks for itself, right? Yeah, definitely. Do a good haircut, have a good service, then you start getting your rewards, you know, like you voted for, what was it, what, the breast's best? Um, you say breast, British... then? Best, <laughs> the breast. Yeah, Think we have some of the best, <laughs> best barbers in um, England. Yeah, we won it last year. We didn't win it this year, damn it. But never and that comes from your product and service, not your jumpers, not your... Do you know what I mean? Certainly. That's yeah. Cool. When you get that right, then people start to notice you. Yeah, definitely. I think um, what I've done is I stuck to a few consistencies. So I thought about this big picture of where I want to go. And the way I thought we'd do it is by having a large audience of people because of voices power, right? Um, so 
every day post three times a day on Instagram. That is the consistency it stays. It doesn't matter whether Christmas, New Year's, that's what stays. So once you have your core done, then everything else kind of fits in around it. That's kind of how I stick. So when I feel overwhelmed, you know, like when you look at the big guys and they've got 200,000 followers, 100,000 followers, you think, how are we going to do that? Just stick to your core, three things a day, bam, you get there. That's it, distractions as well. And Dom, you probably just touched on that with, um, you know, you started this this course and um, and all the other PTs that are out there and you found your niche and stuff now, but you can get distracted quite easily by competitors. And it's something I've taught myself very early on is I, I actually don't, I'm aware of competitors, but I don't dive in too much to what they're doing because it's like a moth to a light. And I think if you, you know what you're doing is working and it meets your ethos for your business, just, just stick to that plan. Don't get distracted too much. Yeah, I think a thing for me that I've tried to take on board from your your advice and listening to Nathan now as well is it's the same in the fitness world, looking around at other people and, and comparison is the thief of joy. And basically everyone's at a different stage of their journey and at a different point of what they're doing and what their priorities are is going to be different. And that's what I'm starting to realise is, well, I don't need to do all this all these things because at the moment I just need to build the core of my business and then expand it up from there. Then I can start doing all these fancy lead generators and email campaigns and product launches online and all this stuff that comes later. I think at the moment I feel like I'm trying to do too much too soon and it's going to make me stumble. So I need to take a step back from it. It's really good advice what you've both just and said. Yeah, you know what? Like I look at, I, I know what our competitors are doing. Most of the time they're just sort of doing what we're doing, you know, plant a tree. I'm waiting for the next one to plant 10 trees, right? And they're sort of chasing after each other, right? Look at different industries. So when I look at our website, I don't look at the website of our competitors. I look at the top man. I look at Gymshark. I look at the big guys that have good websites, easy to order processes, not other plant people. Then I try and implement it in. And even stuff, this is going to sound a bit stupid, but when you look at nature, right, look at a lion attacking, you know, for food. And they attack from every angle and the way they attack to get their prey, then you start thinking, right, we're trying to get our prey. What angles are we going to have to go from nature? Just look outside, look at nature, watch David Attenborough, and it will explain every business process, every life process most simple form. It's not hard. Amazing. I was trying to do that with the fitness thing because I always look at spiders and whatever happens to a spider, it will just keep building a web, keep building a web. And that's how you need to be with your work, the consistency. You just keep going, keep going. You keep getting knocked back. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. That's a really good analogy, Nathan. I like that. It's very inspiring. <laughs> do you think the pan? Oh, this is going to be a strange question. Do you think the pandemic has obviously helped you in a strange way by making you've obviously become redundant and started this business? But I was just thinking at the start about the pandemic, it occurred to me, everyone suddenly become aware that their fitness is really important which is nice but also the environmental impact it's had on the planet do you think you've benefited from people like you say being aware about plants and especially i wanted to talk to you about the peat issue because i've seen a program about that before and i didn't realize how devastating that is yeah yeah i think I think it's all about kind of awareness and I think people are going to be more aware of their surroundings. They can't go to restaurants or bars. They go into like the local park or whatever. So I think there will be a connection with nature. It's almost like, you know, 
where did this where did this virus come from? You know, was it was it made in a lab in China? Was it from wherever? You know, maybe it could be the planet emitting a frequency. We're hurting the planet through our global warming. Maybe it's like inside the planet going. F you humans, bam, have the virus, stay inside. We need a bit of time to breathe. And instead of that, maybe we need to look at the earth and kind of collaborate with it and think, okay, it's it's one of these things that people need to take responsibility. You know, like if you sell a plastic phone case and it's making you five pounds, people turn a blind eye to what it's actually doing. You know, it's a five pound in your pocket. It's going to pay the bills. You're going to be dead in 80 years time. That's, that's, that's what, that's how people look, but you have to look at the long-term effects because uh, you've got to remember, like, it hasn't been that, you know, we had the war, we had the, you know, the industrial revolution, had like the 60s. It's only now, it has only been like 200 years since we really found power, right? Mm-hmm. So that we're just trying to, we're just finding our footsteps. We're just trying to work out how this all works. Now we've used it too much. Now we have to try and think of another way. So I think it is just all about adjusting the things. But I like the idea of not having an impact. We really want to be carbon neutral. I want our packaging to go back into the ground and have this complete cycle with Earth. You know, when you look at, like I said before, look at animals. They wee and shit on the ground and then it fertilizes the plants, the trees grow, the dead leaves go back to the ground to grow new plants. Is this circle, right? They don't need anything. That's amazing. And I think everyone can operate exactly like that at a big, small and a large scale. It will take more thought. It might take more money, but I hope consumers are going to be wanting that. And really it comes down to what people are buying. If people want to go to the supermarket and buy a house plant for five pounds and turn a blind eye to what's happening, there's always going to be that person. But if people want to take responsibility and go, actually, I'm going to pay five, 10 pounds more for a plant, but I know it's carbon neutral. I know 10 trees are being planted. I know peat's not being used. Plastic isn't being used. That It really comes down to what people want. And it's tricky because businesses just follow what people want. So the people have to change first. But then people go, well, if I buy one from the supermarket and somebody else doesn't, then it's not going to change. So I might as well just buy from the supermarket. And then it comes to that quote, you know, one billion people said, I'm just going to use one plastic straw. One billion straws. So just comes down to responsibility, taking accountability, which I don't know whether people will do because you've only got to look at the health system, not COVID, but the amount of people that smoke, the amount of people that eat rubbish, don't look after their health, just blame on the NHS, the government, and not take responsibility for themselves. So that's a massive one. I get I get absolutely sick of that. Everyone's just like, oh, it's the government. Well, no, it's not because you're in charge of your weight, how you look after yourself, how you conduct yourself and how you relate to everybody and how you relate to the planet. I don't understand why people don't, I don't know if it's inherent in our society and culture now that people don't want to take responsibility for their own actions. I don't know why. What's the answer, What's the answer though, Dom? What would you say the solution is the answer? Education and enlighten, yeah. enlightening people. I think... <sighs> Social media could take a lot more responsibility in terms of enlightening and educating and spreading a positive message. And at the moment, it's being used, unfortunately, mostly to send negative messages and for corporations. At the end of the day, I know you said about people 
uh, having a choice in what they're buying. But I also think businesses need to take responsibility, especially yeah. the big guys, because they have such an influence on society. And especially like even the music industry, that needs to take, you know, you can make a whole nation angry by playing really angry, annihilating gangster rap and fire people up. Or you can chill everyone out by playing them Will Smith for 10 hours a day. Do you know what I mean? It's that, it's that kind of message that needs to come across from those guys. And I think until they, they, they sort of stop with the whole corporate, we're all in this to make billions. And actually, what can they give back? They need to start giving back. And then people will follow. I feel like little by little, it's beginning to turn for the better in terms of younger generations. I think um, that's how it's going to change. Unfortunately, people have been on this planet for a reasonable amount of time and have treated it the way they have and have, you know, 40, 50, 60 years of um, stuff they've learned and the way they've behaved. It's very hard to change those habits at that stage in their life. But the younger generations that are coming through... I think are becoming a, a lot more aware of the problems in the planet. I mean, just look at Greta, you know, and, and how strong her voice has been. Um, but it's such a long, long process. But you're right, Dom, like media has such a responsibility. If they just put it out there as a really strong message, this is how we should behave. Like people will behave like that. You can tell by like lockdowns, like stay in your bloody house, everyone is. Yeah. And, you know, not everyone, but like for the most part, people are trying to help us get through this. And I think, yeah, the media has such a strong part to play in trying to get us behaved, behaving the right way to um, protect our environment and our futures. But I think there's there's beginning to be cracks that are, people are pushing through and um, thinking the right way and behaving correctly and helping the planet. Not enough yet. It's going to take a long, long time. Okay, but even when you think 10 years ago, it was like the first kind of things came out, global warming. What's that? You know what I mean? Now people know what it is. People are starting to act. Just hopefully it'll be quick enough, you know, and maybe it takes the smaller challenger brands to kind of get a lot of business, the big guys to follow them. And then, you know, because when I look, when I look at it, right, I've got this vision. So every one of our competitors who's copying us or planting a tree or, you know, talking about it is really just working towards my bigger vision. And we can't do it ourselves. So if, a, if another brand wants to go, okay, we're going to plant 10 trees as well. I, that's, I don't see that as competing. I see that as helping towards a vision of the greater good for the people. Mm, that's you know? good. You're rowing in the same direction then. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we need to do because <laughs> at the moment we just bicker and fight about politics. And if it wasn't for Brexit, we could maybe create a spaceship to go to some other planet. We need to look <laughs> after this one. <laughs> <laughs> John, when you do uh, meal plans and um, look at nutrition and stuff like that, are you do you look at um, sourcing or suggesting where they should buy their foods? You know, to to help things out. I don't, and I should really. But again, I think it's supply and demand because all the stuff yeah. that you really should be eating, like the proper, decent, organic, free range meat and vegetables, it's expensive. But if everyone then pushed to change towards that, it would mean it would mean the manufacturing and that would come down because of supply. Yeah, if the demand was higher. Yeah, you should. I mean, I don't. I should really. Um, organic I, should be organic. Should just be the standard. Just like how high definition is now the standard on the telly, shouldn't it? Yeah. I'd also. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I also think like when we were kids, you just ate from your 
local farms and in the supermarket you just had stuff that was in season and that's what you had and i think another big thing they need to look at is the whole and, and again it comes down to money but it's do we need bringing to, back the green grocer doing exactly and do we need to ship half our you know import all this stuff from the other side of the world when you can get stuff that's closer or even grow it yourself and if every country started doing that i think that would help massively yeah uh, and the thing I do try and do, which I do myself, is they say if everyone had a vegetarian day just two days a week, that would massively help reduce carbon emissions. I do try and encourage people to do that. I just I just love food, whether it's like meat or veg. I would easily do that. I heard you love, uh, you like meat and two veg a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like cauliflower, actually. Cauliflower can do one. I don't like it. You know what the best I've tried that's like been vegan? Yeah, go on. Wagamamas do sticky barbecue ribs and they're like vegan ones. What are they made of? Soy? They're like, I don't know what it is. It's like a to- like tofu, but the texture's brilliant. The taste is amazing. There's no bone in it. It is just, oh, mate, it's amazing. I've tried going vegan before, but I think we did it in the wrong way. We kind of bought a vegan cookbook. That was the most complicated thing ever. And after about a week, we're just sick of it. Whereas if you just look at what meals you normally have and substitute, you know, the meat for corn or for or veggies, it's a lot easier. But we were making omelets out of like some strange starch, nutritional yeast, and it just tasted horrible. There has to be a balance anyway. If we went, if everyone went full vegan and no one was eating meat, then there'd be far too many animals and that creates far too much methane. And, you know, that would all about balance, isn't it? Like get, getting it right. That's not if you release some lions, they'll soon sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> but look, on, Dave, on David Attenborough, right, the big D, we call him, David Attenborough. <laughs> the big D. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's our oh. way to get attention, maybe David Attenborough. Like, I don't want to be called that, but then it's a conversation. <laughs> you look at animals, okay? Some animals eat the trees, some eat the grass, some eat the meat, but there aren't a billion lions and no other animals which is basically all humans being meat eaters. There has to be an ecosystem. You know, some people take the berries, some people take this, some people take that, some people take the meat. It has to be a balance. So going forward, where yeah. what's your long vision from here? Now you've got your business established. I'd also like to quickly ask you, before we wrap things up, about your revenue growth, without obviously going into actual figures, but how, how it went up and when were your peaks and troughs and how you got through them. So let's focus on that question first. So um, <clears throat> plants can be quite seasonal. So the, the main time most people like to get into the plant mood is between Mother's Day and Father's Day, we say, which is like that's the busiest time. Summer can sometimes hit off a little bit, but it's all about keeping fresh products, fresh ideas. You know, when the plants aren't working, maybe the pots might, maybe candles, crystals or whatever, some, some gifts gifts all year round so it's about pushing other things and just learning about the business um to put into perspective how much we've grown this time last january i think we had 10 orders yeah probably 10 orders maybe less than that eight this month in january we've had just under a thousand orders oh wow so 
growing the, the first year we had about 250 orders we did that on friday oh wow. so so you're now doing what you were doing in a year in one day that's insane yeah basically <laughs> Do, uh, do, do your fingers get sore, Nate, from packing so much? Oh, mate, they're so dry and they're just cut. I, I just feel, honestly, today is like the first day I haven't packed for, for like two weeks and I just feel like a bit broken. And even today I'll go to the house, give it a tidy up because it looks like a bombsite. But I like it. I just, this things happen naturally, right? And now this is the time saying to me, you're busy enough, get a team. Whereas before it was kind of hit and miss. Are we busy enough? What if they're not doing anything? Are we going to be paying? Now it's like, okay, you're busy enough. You've got the money. Now it's the right time. And we're interviewing someone today. And so, yeah. Do you you think if you hadn't come at it from being a pilot, your business wouldn't have been able to fly? (laughs) (laughs) Your funds today. It's just getting worse, isn't it? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) How do you... that a question you, you think well, he's off the cuff he's got written down these little buns i've got nothing written down today there's no puns Have you not? no they're all off this yeah. is all just by, we're all just flying by the seat of our pants today we're all just flying <laughs> i'm gonna stop how do you mute how do you mute myself i just need to mute myself <laughs> don't I? Yeah. what was the other question you said um how uh what would be where are you going from here now this is your kind of your base level where where do you see i just i want to try and for the listeners just try and get some of your business now so there's some top like golden nuggets in i mean you've said loads already but just to close out what would be some of your golden nuggets for people that are in business that might need some clarity and a bit of sense of direction how do you get that and where where are you going and what would be your top tips for those people so I read a good book. Listen to a good book. Start with why have you listened to that? Yeah, I've I've got it. Yeah, brilliant book, and that kind of changed the way I thought about pointless plants. I probably listened to it, you know, about two months into actually having the business. Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. I'll get it. Let me see if I've got it in the cupboard. So my so this vision of creating a better world, right? That is my why. That is why I get up. Yeah, Simon Sinek. Sorry. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's so, he's so interesting. But so if you get out of bed and say pack 100 boxes, it's like, oh, I can't do that. It's too long. If you say get out of bed, plant a 1,000 trees, which is 100 boxes, dude, I'm there. I'm planting the forest, you know? So I have the big picture, the vision. We want to plant a million trees by 2025. I want, my, I want the brand to be this challenger brand that is, you know, batting not battling against the industry, but working with the industry to get a better future. That is the reason why I get up. That is a long-term vision. My vision isn't, you know, a growth with money-wise, what revenue I want. I believe that will come if I just do the right things. Um, And that's what I've seen. So I think that's so, so true. Do not chase the money. Like you've got such a strong um, ethos behind what you're doing with your business. Um, and you can just hear the passion come out of you when you start talking about giving back to the planet and everything that Pointless Plants is doing to help. And you just know, I just know when I, every time I speak to you, Nath, that you're going to make it amazingly, like, and the finances are going to come flooding in at some stage. You know, this, it's already probably beginning to show in terms of turnover. Um, but the same with you as well, Dom, that we've discussed previously, that you, you know, the main um, point to your business is that you really want to help people like 
grow and be happy with themselves. And it's important to work out and look after our health. And I think if you have a really, really strong message and you're really good at delivering it and you're passionate about it, and that's why you get up, then you don't have to worry too much about the finances. Yes, you have to keep on top of numbers and stuff, but that's not your main focus for your business. It's such a, a paramount thing when you're thinking of what to set up. If you're a startup business, what are you passionate about? And, you know, that's not money focused, really. And do you know what, Don? When you see like these bigger companies and other companies going, we really care about people, we love our customers and all this sort of stuff. And then they, you know, and they're buying a Hoover from you, for example. And then they can only come to you about the Hoover, right? Yeah. So how much do they really care about the people if they're not interested in anything else other than the Hoover? Mm. Whereas Pointless Plants, we're saying, you know, we love people. We we want to help the planet, help people. If you're feeling a bit lonely, come to us. Message us. We've got WhatsApp. It's a plant doctor. She can help you out. She's a friend. You know, we're, we're here to connect with you. And I think maybe if you look at people, not just from exercise, nutrition, but, you know, people buy from their friends. I always go to, I drive up to Horsham. It's 50 minutes away to get my hair cut because Chris is my mate and I want to give him my money, you know? So I'd look at the whole holistic, the package. Yeah. I think that's a really good tip. That's, that's definitely something that I try and do is, yeah, I just want to focus on helping people and and, and imparting my experience and knowledge onto them so they can stand on their own two feet and grow and develop themselves. Um, Again, which is something me and Chris have spoke about. And exercise isn't just exercise. It's about how you feel, your mood, your stress levels. All It's just such a big picture. I really think um, exercise is the seed to a good life, isn't it? Like when you're working well, everything just flows. As soon as you stop that, it all feels a bit sluggish a bit we have to move the bodies can move isn't it well yeah we're made we're animals we're made to move we're not made to sit around we are made to move and make your best animal noise dom <laughs> good let's hear chris's mate i can do a good elephant but only sometimes let me try because <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one to nail an elephant right my son loves it but sometimes i'm rubbish now there's a bit of pressure That's pretty good. It's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, cold knife. Hit us. Oh, I'm going to do a pig. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to this and you've made it this far, just um, rate our animal sounds. Oh, that's pretty I, good. My peacock. <laughs> anyway, listen to animals. Nature is everything. That's the message. That's a really good message. I like it. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time. Enjoyed that, lads. Thank you for listening, everybody. And thank you for coming on, Nathan. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, lovely to have you, mate. Thank you, guys. Some amazing, amazing knowledge in there. And I wish you continued success. I look forward to speaking you, to you when you're doing a 1,000 orders a day. That's not going to be long, is it? <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great day. Cheers, guys. And I'll catch you soon, innit? All right. Take care, Nathan. Bye. Have a good weekend. Bye. Keep waving. Keep waving. See you later.